Until the Wild get some scoring from players not named Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, Freddie Goudreau, or Matt Boldy, they have zero margin for error. And that came up big in a 2-1 to loss to the Nashville Predators. We recap the game and what to take from it today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap a frustrating 2-1 loss for the Minnesota Wild, a game in which they went 0-5 on the power play and struggled to score goals yet again here uh, as this is becoming a concerning trend so far this season. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and let's just put it out there point blank. The Wild have zero margin for error uh, at this point in the season. When the secondary scoring has dried up, the special teams scoring, especially on the power play, has dried up as well. And this is a team that cannot generate goals They have generated chances, but they have not been able to generate goals from anyone outside of the top line. And so you come into a game like tonight, another strong goalie performance from Marc-Andre Fleury. But with the way the offense is trending, you're asking your goalie to be perfect. You're asking your penalty kill to be perfect. And... Not only was the penalty kill not perfect, but the Wilds put themselves in numerous situations due to bad penalties. They were not able to take advantage of a six-on-five to end the game, as they did pretty much all of last season. And it just is continuing to be an issue for this team uh, here at this point in the season. I think the number by uh, Sarah McClelland was that uh, in their last several games, the Wild have been outscored uh, 10 to 8, and uh, that has led to them uh, just not being able to consistently score. Now, obviously, coming into this season, doing so without Kevin Fiala and uh, without others. That has uh, b- that was going to be an issue uh, coming into the year, but uh, over the last six games, the Wild have scored eight goals and have given up ten in regulation, uh, and it just leads to an absolute razor thin margin for error for this team. So let's look at it. You knew coming in that Kevin Fiala not being here was going to be a void that needed to be filled. Bill Guerin put it on the veterans of this team, Ryan Hartman, Jewel erickson Marcus Foligno, amongst others, to do what they did last season, to replicate their production, show that it wasn't just a fluke, and 
that this team was just going to have to commit a little more defensively to a little more of the goaltending, to a little more of the special teams. They were going to need to commit in other areas in order to be able to win games this year. You can't just simply outscore your problems. And that was evident the first three games of the year. The Wilds uh, gave up 20 goals in the first three games of the season. The defense has been better. The goaltending has been very good over the uh, since the first three games of the season. The offense has dried up, and you look at what was expected of Marcus Foligno, Ryan Hartman, Jewel Erickson Eck, everybody on defense. From a scoring perspective, it's not there. And you look at even Kirill Kaprizov's numbers. His assists at this point are down because nobody else is able to score. The Wilds defensemen, who over the last several years have been noted amongst the NHL community for their ability to step in and to contribute offensively, have not so far this year. And so you are down to really three players that opposing teams have to be concerned about. Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and Matt Boldy. Those three do not play on the same line. And so when Kirill Kaprizov, Freddie Goudreau, and Matt Zuccarello are on the ice together, two skaters are on Kirill Kaprizov at all times, and you roll with the other three being able to contend with Matt Zuccarello, Freddie Goudreau, and the other two defensemen on the ice. And other teams have been winning that battle consistently on the young season. You don't have to do that with any other lines that the Wild are currently putting out there on the ice. And it's not to say that um, that they're not able to you know, generate looks. Wild were able to generate looks, albeit not super high quality. The Wild were able to generate looks in this game. They have had other games that they were able to generate looks as well. They just are not able to finish any of them, whether it be from the top of the zone, whether it be from either face-off circle, whether it be closer in. They are so snake-bitten in the goal department that everything is just kind of crescendoing and coming to this painful inability to be able to do anything offensively. And it leads to a situation in which you nitpick every single thing that happens throughout the game. Two goals given up by Marc-Andre Fleury should be enough on any given night for you to come away with a win. The wild penalty kill had come into this game and was four out of five. That is not something that should hurt you necessarily in this type of scenario against a very physical Nashville team. What hurts you is not being able to enter the offensive zone cleanly, 0 for 5 on the power play, and looking mostly listless on that grouping, 
and a team that at this point just really does not have an answer for uh, for what's going on. So it's we have now fully flipped the boat over from the beginning of the season in which the goaltending was terrible and the defense looked bad. We have flipped it over completely to now losing games 2 to 1 because you just you can't spend a high enough amount of money to come away with the goal. And so there are not a lot of there are not a lot of answers. There are not a lot of players that can come to the rescue of what is going on so far. And so uh, we'll just try to kind of look at where secondary scoring can come from for this wild team when we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And now that we have a moment, I have to tell you about how Built Bar has changed the game once again by reimagining some of their greatest flavors. Introducing Cookie Dough Topper, Coconut Brownie Bar, Coconut Brownie Topper, plus White Chocolate Peppermint Granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And just in time for the holidays, Candy Cane Brownie Puff. Built Puffs are biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. If you have yet to ever try a Built Bar, you are missing out on the most amazing tasting protein bar ever built. They are revolutionary in nutrition with 100% real chocolate while also containing 17 grams of protein and a shockingly low number of sugar and calories, just 130 calories per built bar. So sink your teeth into the first bite and it will change your life forever. But don't delay. Head to built.com right now and enter the code LOCKEDON15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 at built.com. Built, you got to try this. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. All the biggest stories, the biggest games, the biggest sports talkers all in one place. Lockdown Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. The Wild losing 2-1 to one last night to the Nashville Predators. And, I mean, you got to look at every possible situation as to try to figure out where the, uh, the offense is going to come from for this team. It can't all be Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and Freddie Goudreau. You can't put all the pressure on that line to try to get the scoring done Every single night. The combination of Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, and Marcus Felino, I'm not a fan of. I, I was intrigued to see it tried, just to see kind of what they looked like. And yes, there were flashes of puck possession. And maybe it maybe it just looked particularly bad against the Nashville Predators because of how physical they typically are and how much they were able to just simply prevent the Wild from getting anything going past the blue line. But 
it's it's not like we haven't seen this type of thing happen at points throughout the season as well. Look at the games against the Seattle Kraken. Teams with with good defense and forwards that can kind of suck the life out of your offense. It has become a uh, a concerning trend for this team. Not being able to sustain in the offensive zone. Now, there are a couple of lines that have been able to do some of that. Just have not been able to turn that into looks uh, and goals. The Wild had some really good opportunities against UC Soros in this game. And by no means was this a you know vintage Soros performance. He was not super challenged again in this game. A lot of the shots came from outside. Those looks from the top of the zone that are not really challenged uh, and allow for a goalie an opportunity to see the puck all the way in. Those quick shots right as you get the puck into the zone. The Wild just, they, they simply have to do a better job of getting the puck down low. And a lot of that stems from simply outworking your opponent. I saw a tweet um, at some point tonight, forgive me for not remembering who uh, exactly tweeted it, uh, but the premise of it was that the Wild have been presented with a couple of potential outcomes in a lot of their games this year where the team going up against them is either more skilled or more physical. And in those instances, the Wild just, they really don't adapt or react or try to kind of match. It just seems like, you know, they get, like tonight, they get moved off the puck uh, against the Nashville Predators. And so I, I don't think anybody really wants to see what was suggested before the Nashville game in moving Kirill and Matt Zuccarello off of the same line just to try to kind of get a couple of other things ignited in this game, of in this season. But I don't think you can take anything off the table at this point. You have to just continue to try things until you find something that works that can consistently give you goals. That was the, I think, the thing with Kevin Fiala's game last year with Matt Boldy and with Freddie Goudreau is it was such a dynamic that just worked. Fiala, with his speed, able to get the puck into the zone and do things, maybe not... Maybe not at the same level as Kirill from a puck handling perspective, but pretty close. And so he was able to get the puck into the zone, gets, get everything, get into the zone, and move things around, get the defense focused on him, and allow Boldy and Goudreau to kind of set up camp in the zone with him. And that dynamic then was able to go to work. And so collectively as a line, you had to worry about those, all three of those guys, in addition to having to worry about the Kaprizov line, and in addition to having to worry about the grief line, 
being able to uh, to chip in some goals as well. And then the fourth line scoring here and there also. You got to find combos that work. And a uh, friend of the show, Brett Marshall, tweeting out some interesting statistics about a combo that is starting to uh, really get it put together. And so uh, these stats, courtesy of Brett, Mason Shaw and Connor Dewar paired together uh, have been generating offensively, uh, not necessarily scoring, but generating chances. And we've talked about the formula. You generate chances by keeping the puck in the zone, which leads to more shots, which leads to more potential for rebounds, which leads to more potential for goals. In 11 games played and 74 minutes, 16 seconds of time on ice together at 5-on-5, five five, Mason Sean, Connor Dewar, a 2-0 goal advantage between them and the opponent, uh, 96-58 to 58 in terms of Corsi events, so that is a 62% Corsi 4 percentage, which basically means Corsi events are things that happen when you possess the puck. And so to have a 62% Corsi 4 percentage means that 62% of the time when the puck's on the ice, it's being controlled by Mason Shaw slash Connor Dewar. Uh, they have a 49-32 to 32 shot advantage a 60.6% uh, expected goals for on average when they're on the ice per 60 minutes they're scoring four goals 4.15 goals for compared to 2.69 goals against and they have a uh, 19 to 15 advantage in high danger chances now what does this all mean those two i think play a style that works together. You know, you've got Dewar's speed, but not only does he have the speed, he does a lot of the same things that Mason Shaw does. He's not afraid to go battle for the puck. He is willing to dive in to keep a puck alive in the zone. Mason Shaw does the exact same thing. And so on that line combo, you have two players that are willing to do what is necessary to keep the puck alive and to keep opportunities from uh, slipping away it, it had it just just like with all the other lines the the goals have been the thing that hasn't happened the chances are there and so I think that was a little bit of what was so puzzling about the uh, the wilds just going right back to Boldy Rossi and Felino is because Marco Rossi did some pretty good things with Shaw and Dewar as his line mates. Now, interesting note, Jewel Erickson X, the center for those two, did not allow, I don't think they allowed even a shot on net when they were on the ice. Small sample size, but that combo might have something. But it circles back to this whole idea is that the, the trio of Jewel Erickson Eck, Marcus Felino, and Jordan Greenway works great together, does not work great when they are separated. So I think we have to go back to 
Marcus Foligno and Jewel Eriksonek together with a Brandon Duhame or some someone along those lines and put Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi together with, say, Connor Dewar. So here's it just in closing on this, and then we'll move on to a couple of other things to discuss as well. I would put one of, even though we just talked about how good they have been together, I think the more important thing is to put Jewel Eriksson and Marcus Felino together and try to find someone that replicates what Jordan Greenway brings to the table until he's ready to return because they're just there are a lot of parts in this lineup that are just not working. And so you just you got to try things until you figure something out that um that is able to work and until that happens, we're just going to continue to see some of these uh, same types of things uh, happening to this wild offense and then putting more pressure on Marc-Andre Fleury or Philip Gustafson and the wild penalty kill as well. Uh, we'll finish by talking about the wild power play, which has not been good over the, uh, the last few games, and uh, we'll discuss that after this here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The full lowdown on everything going on throughout the wide world of sports. Lockdown Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. The Minnesota Wild power play came up empty in uh, last night's game against the Nashville Predators. And it is a concerning trend, just like the offense, because not only is this team not scoring power play goals anymore, they're having a hard time even controlling the puck in the offensive zone. And I think it stems from a few different things that are causing the issues for the uh, wild power play unit. Number one. They are having a heck of a time trying to even get the puck into the zone to get set up and to get the power play started. Nashville stacked the blue line and even were attacking the Wild in the neutral zone, trying to disrupt the the power play and um, just prevent them from getting any sort of traction whatsoever. So you're not even able to get the puck into the offensive zone to shoot before it's intercepted by the Predators. Uh, Another part of this is I think it seems like every pass for any player on the Minnesota Wild is not handled cleanly or is too far in front, behind, off target, and too far up the ice. How many times do you see a player from just inside the wild defensive zone try to rifle the puck through the neutral zone immediately and um, and get it into get it into the offensive zone in one play. I understand the logic behind it. You lost your best zone entry player in Fiala, and so 
if you don't have anybody besides Kirill Kaprizov that can consistently do that, then yeah, you got to find another way to get the uh, you got to find another way to get the puck in the zone. But there has to be a better way to do it than trying to get from A to C. This team needs to change its thinking from let's try to complete a 50-yard pass every play to let's try to get 10 here, 10 here, 10 here. Let's just try to get the puck up the ice in some semblance of order um, as opposed to just making a mess of it um, out there in the neutral zone or, or just at the top of the zone as well. It, it's even on passes behind the net in the defensive zone that are turned over and lead to those quick trigger point-blank shots that end up being nearly impossible for a goalie to handle um, at that spot in the zone. Everything all the way down. The Wild just have to take a look at it all the way down to the bottom and make sure that they are doing things near perfect because until this offense gets going, zero margin for error. So, and the other thing too, to just close on, there are a few options in Iowa. Jordan Greenway is is currently working his way to get back into the lineup. There are a couple of options in Iowa. That's there there really is not anybody on this roster right now that is going to fix all this. And so it is on this team to be better. It's on this team to find a way to make it work. And I don't think we're at the point necessarily yet where we hit the panic button and say that, you know, that there's no chance that this is a playoff team, but I don't I don't know that it makes sense to try to pull in a player to inflate a playoff run if the roster that you currently have is just one that has too many flaws to overcome. This is a team that's dealing with huge cap implications for the decision to buy out Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. Now, that's a decision that I think still was the right call with both of those guys, but it's one that you have to live with. It's a decision you have to live with and you have to accept the consequences for. The buyouts were always going to allow you some additional cap room on the front end, and we're going to take a good chunk of that on the back end. And what you could do with almost $14 million in salary cap space would go a long way to uh, helping this team at this point, but they don't have that available. And so you have to do the best with what you have, but at some point it becomes too daunting to, uh, to try to turn that into a playoff team. So it's, we're not at the point yet where the season is lost, but 
we are getting close to the point, you know, we're almost a quarter into the season already. And the players on this roster are going to have to figure it out or there will be a pretty clear path to take at the trade deadline if this continues. So a long home stand for this team now all the way into the month of December, an opportunity to try to get some things right, an opportunity to try to make some changes to figure some things out as to how to attack this going forward, or this is just going to continue to happen. So we'll talk more about uh, Thursday's game against the Penguins. We'll do a uh, Locked On crossover with Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins to see how Pittsburgh's doing heading into Thursday night's game. We've also got a bonus episode for you today talking some 2023 NHL draft with Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting, but that's going to do it for this episode. So make sure for your second listen today, you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get a full lowdown of everything going on throughout the NHL. Available wherever you listen to your podcast, absolutely free of charge, just like Locked On Wild. So make sure you follow along with us all throughout the season. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms and turn notifications on on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of our new videos all throughout the week. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.